Good day and welcome to our People's Church at Home service. I'm glad that you're able to connect with us today. My name is Eugene Maswangani and I'm your host. I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Firstly, I'd like to extend a warm welcome to everyone watching. Our offering message today will be given by Sisibusi Magwarela. To follow, we'll then go straight into today's preaching done by Mrs. Balesa Mukhudi. Today, I'd like to pose a self-reflective thought to everyone watching. On any given day, do we rely on divine intervention or do we rely on our own human efforts? I've chosen the following scripture to help you with that reflection. And it is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And it reads as follows. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. To any new members watching our online platform for the first time, please click on the link in the description box and fill in the welcome card. Fullness of eternal promise Stirring in your sons and daughters And revealing heaven's wonders Spirit come, Spirit come What you spoke is now unfolding All your children shall behold it. Dreams awaken in this moment. Spirit come, Spirit come. Pour it out. Let your love run over. Here and now. Let your glory fill. Let your love run over here and now. Let your glory fill this hour. Now the world awaits your presence, and this power is within us.
Let our hearts continue burning For our King is soon returning As we hold to this assurance Spirit come Spirit come Spirit come Spirit come Spirit come Let your love run over Here and now Let your glory fill this house hope that you're doing well. Greetings from People's Church. People's family loves you very much and we are thankful that you still get to do church with us from wherever you are. This week I came across a passage of scripture in Psalm 126 that I'd like to encourage you with today. It reads as follows, Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. This got me thinking about how life has been a challenge for so many of us. In the past year especially, many people lost their jobs or their source of income and um, are just recovering from it. And some are still, you know, behind and haven't really recovered. Some are just being called back to work and others still have no sense of um, where work will come from. And our hearts truly go out to you today. And I thought that as many as, as much as people were not working, it may have also been quite difficult for people to give. And, you know, because fortunes have been lost and fortunes may not be millions in your case it could just be the ability to go from day to day 
without feeling the pinch. This psalm encouraged me because I saw that even though they had lost the fortunes and even though they didn't have much, they were still planting. The planting was still going on, although it was tearful at that time. Sometimes we have not been able to give because truly there is nothing. But today I want you to rethink, reset your giving to one that is not about comfort, to one that is not about excess or giving out of abundance, and reset it to one where you are planting regardless of the situation. You are sowing regardless of the situation that you're in. No matter how little it is, it always makes a difference in God's work. In Malachi 3, we are told why we give. We're not giving because we have um, things that are necessarily luxurious that the church needs. No, we give in so that there may be food in God's house. It says, bring your tithes and offerings that there may be food in God's house. Now, food can be literal or spiritual. And in our case, it is both. There are many people who depend on your giving to earn an income. There are many people who depend on your giving to be able to put food on their family's tables. And it's also spiritual because everything that you see, whether you come to church physically or you watch it online, it takes resources to put together. As I'm talking, I'm looking at the camera in front of me. It costs money to make sure that this camera standing every single week for these messages to go through. There is lighting behind me, a lot of lighting that you can't see. We would still like to make it better. So this is what comes together in putting spiritual food in God's house. So today as you listen to this, I want to challenge you as well as I'm challenging myself to rethink my giving. Have I been given out of a place of comfort? That's great if that's the case. But even if it is in a place of pain, be encouraged because this verse says that it will turn into shouts of joy. And we pray that as you give, you will continue to shout for joy in different areas in your life. In your health, in your family's health, in your finances, in the finances of the people around you. I pray that you will continue to have reasons to shout for joy, no matter how tearful the planting is. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for an opportunity that we get to be part of what you're doing. We thank you for the opportunity that we get to be able to give back to the kingdom, no matter how little we are able to give. Father, teach us that we need to keep sowing, to keep planting as we expect harvest, harvest that only you can give to the sower. We trust you with our lives, Lord. We trust you with our health. We trust you with our finances. And Lord, we pray that in the seasons that we all are in, may you continue to remind us that your grace is indeed sufficient for us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give, and we would continue to look up to God as the source of everything we need. Thank you.
Hi church, we hope you are all doing well. I'd like to personally invite you to our next in-person Sunday or Wednesday church gatherings. We understand that safety is a priority for most people right now. And I can assure you that we are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that you and your family will be safe before, during, and after the church gathering. So here are some of the things that you can expect at any of our in-person church gatherings. Upon arrival, you'll be greeted by our fantastic check-in managers who will scan your temperature and make sure that you have filled in the COVID-19 declaration form. To ensure a smooth and contactless check-in experience, we ask that you uh, pre-book your seat online and also fill in the COVID-19 declaration form prior to your arrival at church. If you are also signing up for other members of your family, make sure that you have filled in the COVID-19 declaration form for each member of your family. As you enter the auditorium, uh, one of our ushers is going to help you to find your seat. Now, our seats have been spaced out to allow for a safe physical distance between you and those that are around you. But you also have the option of sitting next to your family members and your loved ones. We ask that you kindly keep your face mask on, covering both your nose and your mouth throughout the time that you will be on the church premises. Because your safety and the safety of those that are around you is one of our top priorities. And lastly, as awesome as Church at Home has been, we know and we can assure you that it cannot compare to an in-person church gathering. So I cannot wait to see you on our next church gathering. Take care and God bless you. Good morning, church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I hope you are good and well. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this wonderful time that you have given us to come together as a family. Lord, we just want to pray that as we come before you and listen to your word, that the Holy Spirit may minister to us, O oh God. Lord, we open our hearts to ministry this morning. May, may we learn what you want us to learn, O oh God. Lord, we give you glory and adoration, O oh Lord. And we just pray, Lord, that this ministry may serve what you wanted to serve, O oh God. We thank you so much, Lord, because we know that you will speak, O oh God, and that we will hear. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank God for the past three weeks. We have been busy with a series called Relationships That Are Built to Last. What a life-changing series it has been. Well, for me, I'm sure I'm not the only one who has benefited immensely from it. Just to recap, week one, Pastor Mondle shared on mission-minded relationships. He said the basis of our relationships should be something other than the relationship itself. Furthermore, he said relationships cannot exist to fulfill us. Instead, our relationships should be purpose-based and purpose-driven. Week two, Pastor Kolo shared about community. She mentioned two important points about community. One was that we are better together. And three, through community, we can help each other succeed. Her second point was that community offers protection. She mentioned that the enemy goes for the isolated ones amongst us. So we must understand their strength in numbers. Week three, Pastor Mondle spoke on gender roles. 
His first point was that we must be imitators of God in everything we do. Secondly, we must follow the biblical model of leadership, which requires us to lead in love. Thirdly, he said we must think responsibilities rather than rights, meaning we must think what we can do for others instead of what others are required to do for us. Lastly, we should have a mentality of there's nothing we simply do not do. So it's been an incredible three Sundays. Today is the last part of the series. And today's message is titled, The Gift of Singleness. In light of today's topic, I just felt it would be a good thing to introduce myself and present a few disclaimers. For the sake of those who don't know me, my name is Palisa. I am married, which means I am not single. But I can assure you that I haven't always been married. At some point in my life, I was single. I have been working very closely with the youth of this church for a couple of years now. So I have a bit of first-hand and second-hand experience when it comes to the topic of singleness. For the married, this message is also for you, since there are principles you will also identify with. Before we go any further, I would like us to define singleness so that we are all on the same page. Singleness in the biblical context simply means the state of not being married. It's that simple. So if you are currently unmarried, you are single according to the Bible. There are three things we are going to look at regarding singleness. The first thing we need to know about singleness is that it's a God-given gift. We need to cherish it. Let's read from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. It reads, But I wish everyone were single just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who are unmarried and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. In verse 7, we read that singleness is a special gift from God. Let's receive it and cherish it. Us receiving it doesn't mean we'll be single forever. It just means while we have it, we'll be able to value it. It is such a special gift that the Apostle Paul says he wishes everyone was single. Furthermore, he says it's better to stay unmarried. Singleness is a good and perfect gift, church. Let's cherish it. If you've ever received a gift, you'll know what cherishing it means. A gift is something to be valued, not merely because of the gift itself, but mostly because of the giver and the thought behind the gift. And even if we don't necessarily like the gift, we value it anyway because we value the giver. In the same way, let's value our God-given singleness, whether we like it or not. Not because of the gift only, but because of the giver too. Let us be content in it. It's extremely sad how ignorant we are of the fact that singleness is a gift. 
Well, I'm talking for myself. What's even more disturbing is how much society has elevated marriage over singleness, resulting in singleness being reduced to some sort of a curse, something to be ashamed of, something to pass through as quickly as possible. That's not it. Singleness is not a curse. It is not shameful. God has a reason for it. It's his given gift which serves a purpose. Which brings me to my second point. Singleness serves a purpose. Singleness, like any other stage of life, primarily serves the one purpose that we were all created for which is to glorify God in all we do. I love how Pastor Louis Giglio puts it. He says, our purpose is to know God and to make him known. That's it. Simple and straightforward. Our purpose is to know God and make him known. Singleness is meant to serve that primary purpose. Secondary to that, Singleness serves two other purposes. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32 to 35. It reads, I want you to be free from concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. So from this, we read purpose number one. Singleness frees us from concerns. This doesn't mean that single people don't have problems. It just means that being single comes with less care about the things of this world. Let me make an example. A married person is likely to occupy themselves with providing for his or her family more than a single person would, just because of the stage of life he or she is in. Those are the concerns the Apostle Paul is referring to. Furthermore, he says being free from concerns is beneficial because it will help us serve the Lord with as few distractions as possible. Purpose number two, singleness gives us an opportunity to wholeheartedly, body and soul, devote our attention and service to the Lord. Marriage brings responsibilities, which can sometimes take away from the time we spend with God and for God. Let me make an example. Let's say there's a church mission trip for a week during the school term. No matter how much I would love to go, I can't just up and leave. I need to think, 
how's my husband's schedule? Will he be okay with the responsibility of caring for the kids when I'm away? I trust my husband, and I know he would be fine. The point is that I just can't up and leave for a week's outreach. But if you are single, you can, and you should, because it's an opportunity for you to serve God with all your time. I'd like to encourage us this morning to do as much as we can for and in the Lord while we are still single. Because the reality is, if we don't, should the Lord grant us the gift of marriage, we'll wish we could have used our singleness to serve him fully. Not because we can't serve him when we are married, but because it might not be practical to do so. We don't lose anything by being single. We lose if we waste our singleness on meaningless things which derail our attention from knowing and serving God. So if you are unmarried today and are determined to serve God and devote yourself to him, do it now. Live it out fully now. Take this stage of your life as a time to do all the things the Holy Spirit has placed on your heart. Take it as a time to invest in all the God-honoring things you've always dreamed of. Stay away from things which don't serve your special gift of singleness. Most importantly, remember, marriage is not the goal. Be more like Christ is. Let me repeat it. Marriage is not the goal. Be more like Christ is. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying marriage is wrong. Even the Apostle Paul says there's nothing wrong with getting married. But there's everything wrong with idolizing marriage to a point where the desire of it pushes us to sin. Which brings me to, the, to point number three. We need to honor the gift of singleness. How do I honor the gift, you ask? By firstly exercising self-control. When we read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, we understand that we can honor the gift of singleness through exercising self-control, which in turn helps us to control our passions. Why is this important? Because it is good to abstain from sexual relations. The Bible clearly teaches us to refrain from any form of sexual engagement when we are unmarried. In other words, we must stay celibate. And we must not engage in any sexual relations outside the sphere of marriage. Secondly, we honor the gift of singleness by staying pure. Let's read Psalm 119 verses 9 to 11. It reads, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We read in this text that we stay pure through obeying the word of God. And the only way to obey the word is by knowing it. So let's devote ourselves to reading our Bibles. 
It'll help us deposit the word of God deep in our hearts so we can withdraw it whenever the need arises. You might be thinking, what if I am still unable to control my passions? The Apostle Paul's answer to that is simple. You must marry. He says it's better to marry than to burn with lust. Furthermore, he says, the person who marries does well, and the person who doesn't marry does better, which means as much as he would prefer us not to get married, there's nothing wrong with getting married. So should you desire to be married today, my prayer is that before you do, you may get an opportunity to genuinely, faithfully, and wholly live out your singleness. Because singleness done right is a good foundation for a lasting marriage. Above all, if you're an unmarried lady, my prayer for you is that you get an opportunity to fully and genuinely submit yourself to the Lord before you get married. And if you're an unmarried gentleman, I pray you get an opportunity to experience the love of Christ before you get married. Because here's the thing. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 24, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. As we all know, the church is not the building, but us. So as an unmarried lady, if you don't get to learn submission to the Lord during your singleness, you might struggle to submit to your husband in marriage. Because our submission as the church to the Lord is a direct imagery of our submission to our husbands. Similarly, if as an unmarried gentleman, you don't learn how to love through allowing God to love you as his church. You might struggle loving your wife as Christ loved the church because truly you might not know what that means. So my sincerest prayer is that ladies, before you get married, may you yearn for the experience and experience the genuine relationship of submission between Christ and yourself as his church. Also, for the unmarried gentleman, my prayer is that you deeply desire to experience the genuine love of our Lord Jesus Christ for you as his church. 
I wish you these experiences during this stage of singleness so you don't struggle should you be gifted with marriage. Let me share this with you. I have a tendency of asking people when are they getting married. But through this message, I have learned that it is wrong of me to ask. Let me tell you why. Firstly, because it puts pressure on people to want to get married. As a result, some could end up idolizing marriage, which is wrong. Secondly, it undermines the gift of singleness because it gives an impression that the stage of life you are at is not good enough. It's almost like saying you should be working your way out of there. Lastly, I've learned it's not okay to ask because not everyone is meant to get married. Jesus in Matthew chapter 19 speaks of three types of eunuchs. He says there are people who are born eunuchs and eunuchs who have been made that way by others. Also those who choose not to marry for the kingdom of heaven. Imagine asking someone who's not a eunuch by choice, when are you getting married? That could be extremely hurtful. I think it's best we encourage single people to enjoy their singleness, to have a solid relationship with God, and to serve Him wholeheartedly. Because like I said earlier, marriage is not the goal. Knowing God is. As I conclude, if you don't remember anything else today, please remember these three points. Singleness is a special gift from God. It serves a purpose. Honor it. So let me ask you this. As an unmarried person, how is your singleness going? Is it serving the purpose it was meant to serve? Have you been honoring it? I can guarantee that all of us, married or unmarried, have fallen short in some way or another. But we have a gracious God who cares for us. So this morning, I'd like to encourage us to do some business with God. If you feel prompted to do business with God, can I ask you to repeat this prayer of repentance after me? Father God, thank you for the gift of singleness. Lord, I apologize for taking it for granted, for using it to serve a purpose other than what you meant it for. I apologize for not honoring it as I should have. Lord, I repent today and I pray that you forgive me. Lord, I am turning a new leaf today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you may prompt me in the right direction so I can live out this special, godly-given gift of singleness well. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and would like to do so today, 
Or maybe you would like to recommit your life to our Lord Jesus Christ. Take some time to talk to God in prayer. He hears us. Thank you, church. Let's go out and live our singleness well. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, my name is Monji Glenn, and together with my wife, we pastor People's Church. I'm so glad that you chose to join us online today, and I pray that God uses this resource to make you more and more like His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's important to note that these kinds of resources are never meant to replace the need for you to belong to a local church congregation where you are led and shepherded, a place where you can use your gifts and your resources to make a positive impact on the lives of the people around you. This is only meant to supplement and not substitute them. And lastly, I would like to ask you, if these resources have been of benefit to you, would you kindly consider giving to People's Church? This is so that we can continue to invest in technologies that help us and enable us to increase our reach and spread the message of Jesus Christ even wider and to even more people. For ways to do that, you can go to our website and click on the Giving tab and you will see ways to be able to give. Now once again, thank you so much for joining us today. Take care and God bless you.